it's something that needs to be people need to be more open about talking about and that's one of the reasons why uh yeah i want to talk about it right now because it isn't something that i've really talked about with anybody since then and it's something that sometimes i feel a little bit embarrassed about but it's not something somebody should be feel embarrassed about because that that stigma is what leads to to things getting worse and ultimately can lead to a lot of people being dangerous to themselves. Hello and welcome to Before the Lights podcast, stories behind high performers. I'm your host, Brittany Wilson. Today I'm going to be interviewing Max Ford. He's a defensive lineman in the Canadian Football League for the BC Lions and was a successful Division I athlete at the University of Idaho. He's going to be sharing his story about growing up in football, playing professionally, as well as moving around the country at a young age and the effects it had on him, and his thoughts on mental health, as well as the recruitment process, and other life lessons that he's learned throughout his career. Thanks so much for joining, and I hope you enjoy today. Again, if you do, please screenshot this, share it on your Instagram stories, tag me and Max, and don't forget to subscribe. Let's get to it. All right. Hi, Max. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks. So where are you joining us from today? Uh, right now I'm in Tempe, Arizona, uh, living here with my wife these days. She's uh, finishing her master's, uh, doing a graduate assistant uh, job in water polo. She actually just went off to their conference tournament. So, oh, awesome. um, yeah. This is where I, I stay in the off season now. Awesome. So tell us what you do and um, just describe kind of your journey to it. Okay, so now uh, what I do for a living is I play football in the Canadian Football League. And uh, my journey, that's kind of <laughs> a long winding path, I guess, uh, depending on when you want to to start that story. But mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can go from the very beginning. Um, as a kid, I always loved being around football. My dad actually played professionally as well. That was uh, something that I always saw him do that he actually didn't let me do until I was a little bit older. Mm. But um, it's something that I always knew I kind of wanted to play football, even though uh, I never felt put pressured into it, which was good. So yeah, that was one thing that I always felt like him and my mom both did a really good job of is kind of letting me do what I wanted to do and so even though yeah I saw dad do this and I see a lot of dads out there that try to pressure their kids into doing this or that or the other thing uh, I felt uh, pretty fortunate that my parents uh, kind of allowed me that freedom they they definitely gave me a lot of mentorship but they never pressured me into doing something that I didn't truly want to do and so with that said I still ended up going the same path as dad but (laughs) Yeah, that's all kind of started in, I guess, junior high is when I started playing football because that's when they, they finally let me play. They wouldn't let me play when I was younger. So Why did they not um, let you play when you were younger? So uh, my dad's reasoning for that was that he – there was, a, I think, twofold. is One, he didn't want me to learn bad techniques from coaches that mm-hmm. – uh, didn't really know what they were doing. They were just kind of coaching their, their kids' team and didn't really have much of a background in it mm-hmm. because football is obviously a sport where if you're not doing the right techniques, it can have a pretty big impact on you uh, physically. And so totally. 
Since you started in junior high, what was kind of your experience from that? And did you just love the the sport from the beginning or how did it all go for you? Yeah, I, um, so from the very beginning, I, I knew, like I said, it's something I knew I wanted to play. And uh, when I went out, it's something that, I mean, it's not like anything else I've ever done. I always liked to be in sports as a kid. I always, even though I couldn't play football, I did play uh, soccer, basketball, um, baseball, whatever else really I could play. I, I was doing it all. <laughs> and I did that for as long as I could. But uh, yeah, football, when I came to it, it's it's different than all those sports because it's a little bit it's a little bit more taxing on you. Even, I mean, at a junior high level, um, that was something that was a little bit tough. And another thing kind of on my backstory, I guess, is that first year I was playing football, I was living in Indiana, actually, after my parents had gotten divorced and my mom had remarried. And so we moved kind of halfway across the country from uh, where I grew up at in uh, Woodenville, Washington. So that was my first year in Indiana. And so that was kind of a, a change of scenery for me. Wow. And so it was kind of a way for me to kind of get in and I'm a little bit of an introvert so it was a little bit intimidating but it was good it was tough and I felt like I made a lot of strides that first year but I, I made it through and it was good definitely so you described your parents divorce and having to move ac- across the country um, and football definitely helped you but what are some of the things you kind of battled with that and um, do you think you dealt with it in the right ways or do you think you struggled with it more? How do you think you kind of felt in that situation? Looking back at it, I think that there were uh, some things I probably could have done better. When you're in the middle of it, it's hard to kind of tell sometimes. And yeah, I mean, you're a kid and you, you don't know. Sometimes you, you don't know who to ask, what to do or wh- where to go. And so for me, like I said, I'm kind of an uh, introvert naturally, and so it was kind of tough moving at a time right there in seventh grade when you got, yeah, you're about 12, 13 years old. There's a lot of changes going on already in your life, if you're even if you're staying in the same place. And so I had my friends back home and everything, but it, was, I'm, it wasn't natural for me to, to go out and meet new people, but I Looking back at it, like I said, I think there were a lot of people trying to reach out to me, but sometimes I just didn't. Instead of just accepting that for what it was and having a good time with those people, sometimes I kind of compared it to maybe the friends that I had back from uh, when I was younger. And so yeah, I it didn't quite feel the same. But looking back at it now, like I said, I think that there were people there. And I think that those same people I, I, I could call friend today, but... It's just, you're young, there's it's a lot of change, and it was tough for me to handle. I was, never got, like, diagnosed or anything, but I would say I was a little bit depressed uh, at that point in time in my life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How do you think you dealt with that at the time, just because you kind of knew, maybe you weren't diagnosed or whatever, but you knew that you were going through something? How do you think you dealt with that at the time? Probably not in the best ways because mostly because I didn't know how to um I just tried to keep going uh just keep I don't know just keep moving forward and it wasn't the best way because it really just kind of helped make it spiral down kind of a little bit worse and I never felt quite right because of that because I tried to I tried to shoulder it for a long time myself and 
uh, finally after my eighth grade year. Um, so that would have been the second year living in Indiana. I kind of, I had told my mom that I knew for me that I had to go back to the Seattle area where I'd grown up, grown up Woodenville, Washington, just cause, uh, it was, I thought it was going to be better for me and my health. And she, she understood, she understood kind of where I was at and severity. And, uh, so I moved back in with my dad for my freshman year of high school, that ninth grade year, which in Washington, uh, in our school district was still junior high. But um, yeah, I moved back with him and then my mom followed the year after. But that one year was just me and him. Wow. So do you think, do you think you, in some ways, you said that you felt like it, but you didn't really talk about it, didn't get diagnosed. Do you think in some ways, like you said, you kind of ignored it and do you think it's something that people young or old athlete or non-athlete just need to talk about more do you think that would have i, I you? definitely think it it's something that needs to be uh people need to be more open about talking about and that's one of the reasons why uh yeah i want to talk about it right now because it isn't something that i've really talked about with anybody since then and it's something that Sometimes I feel a little bit embarrassed about, but it's not something somebody should be feel embarrassed about because that that stigma is what leads to to things getting worse and ultimately can lead to a lot of people being dangerous to themselves. And so I think uh, the more we talk about it, the more we can remove the stigma around uh, things like depression and, and mental disorders and kind of help everybody understand that it's okay to to validate how they feel and help them recover to a more stable place. Yeah, totally. And I think I talked about it a little bit in my podcast too, um, just with my story, just about how I think sometimes athletes or even people who aren't athletes look at themselves and they want to be as perfect as they possibly can. And they want to put off that image and in social media too these days, even more, you want to be that perfect person or portray that image. And so you probably aren't apt to talk more about what you're going through. Like for me, it was my disorders or what was going on with my family. And for you, that might have been depression or whatever. And so I think just opening up more, like you said, and just having a platform or people to talk to and discuss these things and tell people that they're not the only ones going through all of that is really important. And to see that you came out of that stronger is really, really cool. Yeah, it's something that, yeah, definitely not easy to go through, but it's definitely better when you do get through and to to a better place. It's something that I feel like um, has helped me gain perspective on life. Yeah, totally, totally. So throughout junior high and then in high school, what was your experience with football or even off the field? Um, What do you think some major takeaways from that are? Um, maybe talk about the recruiting process like we talked about too um, some of your struggles and yeah. successes with that as well as I said I've said already a handful of times but yeah I was a shy kid and so I had my group of friends a group of good friends that I grew up with and uh, outside of that I kind of I kept to them and that was mostly it so then going into high school I was Another thing, I'm a little bit different uh, than a lot of people where I grew up at. Uh, it's um, biracial and black and white. And so uh, where I grew up in Woodenville, Washington, I think it's something like 80 or so percent white. And then the next largest minority is Asian. And then 
uh, it's a bunch of like maybe one and a half or two percent black, and wow. so I look different than other people, and so um, that was something that you have to deal with a little bit uh, from the fact of it's just something that I feel like sometimes people just don't know what they don't know, kind of a thing where mm-hmm. um, sometimes you walk through the halls in school and you hear uh, certain words because kids think it's cool to say something, but it's not, I don't know. It's just like, it's a, it was a weird thing, but to me, football and sports in general, because I played uh, basketball and ran track in high school as well, um, were something that I was good at. And it's something that I think kind of helped me fit in. And uh, it just made, for me, it helped me fit in, which was something that I kind of, at that point in my life, was something that I, I kind of wanted because I felt like an outsider a little bit, uh, just in, in cert, certain ways. Not, I'm not trying to say I was completely an outsider because I was, I don't like to say this because it sounds superficial, but I was like the homecoming king and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I was a, a popular kid, but I always kind of felt like, even though I was in those circles i kind of always felt like i was kind of on the inside looking out if that makes any sense totally totally and you said you had your friend group and everything and maybe you were quote popular guy or whatever homecoming king like you said but at the same time having those judgments maybe around you or people not knowing how to act what do you think do you think that changed your mindset or mentality around anything else in your life or your sport did it make you want to did you did it make you angry or did it make you more of an introvert what do you think your reaction to that probably was um i just i don't know for me it was it didn't make me angry as much as it i it's hard to put this into words i, mm-hmm. I just i was confused it didn't make sense like a lot of things didn't make sense that I just, there are a lot of situations that I didn't know how to handle, I guess. It's, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of things that were just kind of confusing. Um, like, I've been called the N-word before. Uh, that was when I was in junior high. And then another time, that ninth grade year, um, yeah, a police officer, my dad was driving me to school, and a police officer pulled us over and, and told, uh, the first thing he asked my dad is, what are you hauling, guns or drugs? Oh, and... Wow. and so I was like, it's things like that. Like, you would think that you would get mad about something like that. But to me, it was just so confusing that, I don't know, people that I had, I had a really great place where I grew up was really great. And I, everybody loved and cared about me. And I, it's a great place. Wooden Washington is awesome, but it's just some things that are, it was confusing because it didn't quite line up when these things would happen. And you got a bunch of people that, that love you and and support you and uh i really grew up in a very uh quote-unquote liberal place but there's still these things that happen that aren't i mean i think it's not how we should aspire to be for me when i uh i don't have any kids yet but when i I grow up or i'm grown up but when i have kids i i want it to be a better place where they don't maybe have to deal with some of those weird awkward situations yeah absolutely absolutely and I was just going to ask yeah, you, a- too, um, 
if you were to, and you kind of went right to it with having your children have a better place to be, but if you were able to talk to somebody that was maybe in your position in a similar similar situation, what are some things you'd maybe tell them that you learned from that? Or what are some things that you would want the environment to change in order for them not to have those situations or have to face feeling so different for no reason? I would say don't be a, this is kind of similar to the same thing with the depression is just don't be afraid to vocalize it. That's something that um, took me a long time to, to kind of come to and realize. But uh, as I got older, I, I realized that when something happens that you don't feel is right, that you shouldn't be afraid to vocalize it mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of address it. Don't be confrontational about it necessarily, but to uh, just be able to talk uh, with somebody about it, like maybe say, hey, that's not right or I'll just have a discussion with somebody about about what's happening or if it's not a safe situation for you to do that to maybe go and talk to somebody else about it and I don't know I just think that there's a lot of things that need to be addressed and for me the one thing that I always kind of felt growing up like I said being one of the only kids of of color growing up where I'm from is literally like me and my sister and a couple other people but um I always kind of felt like I had to be an ambassador for people that look like me. And I don't necessarily think that's the best way to go about things. I always wanted to be to to not really address the issues and just to be the best me I could be. But I think that helped me in a way kind of do really good things that I ended up doing. But I also think that um, I missed the opportunity to to maybe change the way people see certain things. Yeah. Totally, By not sense. talking about it. Yeah. So looking back, you wish you could have maybe verbalized more how you felt in order to kind of change the situation or bring attention to what was going on and making those people know that that's not okay um, to change it kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to say this too. Like most of the time, like I told you about a couple instances where, yeah, there was uh, – some hatred behind some of the things that were said but most of the time the things that i heard were were innocent men as jokes or this or that but it's still i mean it doesn't make it okay because yeah. if it's if it's still making people uh, i don't know it's it just it's just it's yeah I'm yeah sorry, I'm, no I'm matter no that, matter the context yeah, it just no. doesn't make it okay totally no matter the context of of what they're saying or how they're making you feel. It's it's not okay. So going throughout your high school career, how did you get to college? I know you went to Idaho. Um, what was kind of that process yep. for you? Okay, so for me, my recruiting process. So both my parents uh, went to Washington State University, which is actually eight miles away from where I went at University of Idaho. And... Growing up, I was a huge Washington State Cougars fan because, mm-hmm. yeah, my parents both went there and we grew up in the enemy enemy territory right there close to University of Washington. So mm-hmm. uh, every year when the Apple Cup came around, um, you have all the Husky fans out in force, but uh, it kind of hardened me as a as a Washington State Cougar fan growing up. And I was I was huge into them. I even made like a freewebs.com website or something like that back in, I don't know what grade. I was like. 12, 13, 14 years old for Washington State football. So I was like a huge, 
huge football, uh, Washington State fan. And so um, getting recruited um, my junior year, uh, I was actually very fortunate because we had a, a game in the Seahawks Stadium out uh, in Seattle. And there was a person from one of the scout websites. And he saw me. He did write up about me. And then, like, uh, the, the letters from school started to come in started to come in and um yeah so like the recruiting process kind of started like that for me and um at the end of that season i went over to pullman uh washington where washington state's at for their junior day Mm -hmm. i gave them a a highlight film that i had spliced together and um they were actually my first offer my the the team that i always grew up uh cheering for always wanted to go to that was like my first uh full ride scholarship offer for football and that was an amazing day i that is just i don't know how to describe it but i I still wanted to see like feel out the process because i also wanted to go to the right situation for me i didn't just want to follow my parents footsteps i want to see what it was all about but that was definitely somewhere that i had wanted to go for a long time so i i let the process kind of play out and i got Ended up getting, I think, five offers between, I think that first offer was in February or March. And then um, the the other four came uh, all, all right there between, I think the last one maybe came in June or July. And so, um, yeah, I ended up having offers from Washington State, uh, University of Idaho, where I ended up at, um, University of Wyoming, uh, Army, uh, and Navy. And so... Uh, I kind of went through the process of trying to talk to these coaches and figure out what their schools were about, what the situation was and everything. And um, at the end of the day, uh, I still wasn't sure I'd taken. So we come into my senior year and I started taking my official visits. I went to Washington State. I actually turned 18 there on my official visit, which that was kind of a cool little thing. And then uh, I took my official to, I think it was Idaho and then Army, but it might have been the other way around. Mm-hmm. I was still open to taking uh, the other visits. Oh, uh, okay, rewinding a little bit, which mm-hmm. doesn't matter so much, but I had the, it wasn't Navy I had to offer from, it was Air Force, but. Okay. Um, yeah, so I took the visits. I wanted to take the, my final final visits, my final two, but I got a call from the Washington State head coach um, telling me that he, uh, yeah, he was going to pull my offer by noon the next day if I didn't commit. This is after I played a basketball game that night. I think I got the call at like 10 in the evening. So I had basically 14 hours to decide if I wanted to make a commitment. Oh, wow. Um, which, I mean, I don't know. To me, I don't think that's a proper tactic to be using with a kid that's 17, 18 years old when you're a grown person. But um, so it goes. That's the, the, the life of the NCAA. So mm-hmm. uh, I was really stressed out that night, obviously. Um, I didn't want to lose the opportunity to go to my parents' alma mater that I'd always dreamed of going to. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up uh, making a verbal commitment to, to go there. But um, it just... It never felt right. I wanted it to feel right. Yeah. And even when I called called to tell them that I committed, it didn't 
feel right for me. And so I kind of was hoping that it would. I kept living life like the it was still a couple months till signing day. And so I kept going forward trying to to make it feel right. But it didn't. And so I kind of I kept an open line of communication with a couple of other coaches. And uh, it was the day before signing day. I just I, I knew no matter how much I, I wished it would be right, it wasn't going to be right. And so I, I ended up switching my commitment to University of Idaho. And wow. uh, I went to U of I, and I feel like I met a lot, a lot of great people, and I'll never regret it. It was an awesome experience. But, uh, yeah, I think recruiting is, is super grimy, especially when you talk about – people talk about uh, NCAA student-athletes as always you got to say student-athlete first, and it's – Everybody got to talk about student, and they're talking about the well-being of the students and this and that. And I think if you really want uh, these kids and care about the, the welfare of the kids that are coming out of high school, that if you're willing to make an offer to somebody, that you should stand by it. Because otherwise, you're, what's really going on is they're looking out for their own well-being when, uh, yeah, if, there's a player that's good enough that you're willing to make an offer on. I think that should be stood by until um, as long as they can. Like, I know there's a limited amount of scholarship spots, so there's that. But it's, uh, I don't know, I just don't feel like it's something that's in the best interest of the students who are the people that it should be because, I mean, they're the, they're the next generation. They're the kids. Yeah, totally. It's hard because... In some ways, you know, it is a business, and they want to look out yeah. for themselves, but um, definitely the fact that they want us to be student-athletes and um, focus on that, and you'd hope that they'd want to put the kids first and everything, but at the end of the day, you know, like you said, they have to look out for their bottom line, too, so it's a tough mix, especially yeah. for kids going straight out of high school, too, and just despite everything, despite their pressures, I mean, it's a lot of pressure on kids as well. I mean, getting offers so early, trying to decide what you want to do for the next four years. And not that college completely defines your life, but it defines it um, in a lot of ways. And so it's hard to, you know, start making those big life decisions your junior year yeah. of high school. For me, it was my freshman year of high school. Um so yeah, I was, that's incredible. I, it, it was, yeah, it's just women's soccer is a little different. You commit a little bit yeah, earlier. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it's super stressful. And it's like the person I was freshman year is completely di different than the person I am now. And in no way does that mean I'm exactly. not happy with where I went. It's just crazy how athletes kind of have oh, yeah. to pick that so early and it's just a lot of pressure so what would you oh, say yeah. to somebody that's going through that process right now what would you say the most important things to focus on are from you from what you well, learned well i can tell you what i told my sister because uh yeah she ended up actually uh getting a scholarship as a basketball player at university of idaho and also she played volleyball at the university and so when she was going through her process she was a couple years behind me i told her to take all uh, number one thing is I, i'll say take all of the visits you can like all your visits that you can mm -hmm. actually get in there and see see these schools talk to the staffs um get a chance to really know what you're getting into to make a, an informed decision and then um just outside of that um, do your research and and find somewhere that you think is going to fit 
for you and is going to help you grow into the to who you want to be because this is only going to last for four years maybe five years if you're redshirt or whatever but uh after that you got the rest of your life and um shoot i'm i'm lucky i'm still playing football as a professional but i know that's not gonna last long if it lasts a long career for a football player is what 10 years and so i still have another 50 or 40 or 50 years left after that so um you definitely got to go somewhere where it's not just about the sport it's it, that's definitely a big part of it for an athlete. I'm not going to lie, but you gotta, you, you do have to, to worry about what, what's going on with the education, how you're going to fit with that and what you want to do. Do you think in the end, you know, you're, although you faced all that pressure and maybe you didn't have that advice. I know for me, um, I had people I was kind of following in their st- footsteps, but I don't think I had that advice of take all those visits and do all those things, do your research. I was just excited to get my yeah. first offer, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I so, totally understand. I was the same way. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I think yeah. it's it's important to kind of have those leaders and those mentors in your life that help guide you and tell you these things are important, these things not so much, and just to look out yeah. for all your options and everything. So awesome. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah, because I mentioned my dad had played before, and that was one thing that I was a little bit unfortunate with is he didn't have that experience because, uh, yeah, he was born and raised in Montreal, uh, Quebec, up in Canada. And so uh, back in the 80s, if you can imagine, that, that wasn't a, exactly a hotbed for football players. So yeah. uh, he actually got his first scholarship offer, I think, a month before school was about to start uh, his freshman year. So he didn't really have the experience to tell me uh what to look out for with the, the recruiting experience just kind of he he did give me some tips but he didn't yeah he didn't know the exact uh he couldn't tell me exactly how to handle it because it wasn't something that he had gone through yeah definitely so it definitely seems like you know you went through a lot and that you've come out stronger but i know that you can from what you've learned of just the experiences you've gone through, it's just you need to speak up and not be afraid to um, speak your mind and tell your story. So it's really important. So the yeah, two... That's something that I'm learning and I'm working on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. So the two questions I end with, um, the first yeah. is we've kind of talked about this already in just some different areas, but... If you were able to go back to right when you started football or even a little bit before that, um, what are a few things that you would tell yourself back then with what you know now? Um, don't be, uh, I say just, yeah, don't be afraid to, to try new things and don't listen to people who tell you you can't do it. I think that's probably the bigger one is to, to kind of shut out the people that, tell you you can't do it because there's going to be a lot of those and um there's like i I said there's a lot of people that did support me throughout the process and i I love them dearly for it but there's also a lot of people who uh maybe they start to see you have success and uh it might make them feel a certain kind of way and they yeah they might say some things that they try to bring you down or uh say you can't do this and say you can't do that and i've seen people who have had that happen to them and 
uh, when they hear that, they believe it. And because they believe it, then they end up uh, just settling in as what they are instead of trying to uh, become what they could be. And I think that separates a lot of a lot of people is just being able to uh, shut out that that chatter that people might be putting out there that say you can't do it because if you believe you can do it, uh, I'm not promising that you're going to get there, but you have a whole lot better chance than if you don't believe you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then the last question I have is, if you never had football in your life, never had sports in your life, it wasn't necessarily defined by that, and I'm not saying it completely is, but if you never had that in your life, what are some things that you would want to be remembered with, or what are the main important things in your life that aren't necessarily football or sport-related? Yeah, the biggest thing that I want to be remembered for is just being a person who left the earth a better place than I found it. I think that should be, uh, it's my opinion, obviously, but I think that should be a goal of everybody here because uh, if we don't leave it better than we found it, I think we're doing a real disservice to the next generation of people. Yeah, I don't think that's that's quite fair because throughout history, it's been what's happened. And I think we're on track with a lot of things, but there's a lot of other things that we need to, to make sure we focus and, and uh, keep our eye on the prize and just keep open discourse so that uh, there's not so much vitriol in trying to make it a better place. But I'd say that's the one thing that I'd, I'd like to be known for. And as far as, in, I think you said something about interest outside of football. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to travel. I think that's a awesome way to get out and see different places and see different perspectives, uh, different ways that people live. And um, I think it just, when you travel, I think it broadens your horizons in all kinds of different ways. And I think uh, everybody should travel as much as they can, too. It's, yeah, definitely recommend it. Definitely. Cool. So thank you so much for your time and sharing those hardships you've faced as well as, you know, your mindset and mentality going through the recruiting process and professional football and everything that's something that a lot of people go through and need help with but at the same time a lot of people don't get to experience so thank you so much for your time and everything uh thanks for having me thanks so much again for listening and i hope max's story inspired you in some way today Again, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it on your social media platforms, Instagram stories, and don't forget to subscribe. I hope this podcast inspires you to go out, live your story, and don't be afraid to share it.